Well, thank you so much for joining us again today. Uh, last week we had Pastor Tim Potter from Grace Church and Mentor with us talking a little bit about the theology of discipleship. And today we've got our lead pastor here at Arise Baptist Church in Houston, Pastor Will Cover, with us. Pastor Will, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Yes, thank you, James. I'm looking forward to taking some time to discuss this important topic with you. And Pastor Will, if you would, so you came down and, and planted the church. Church is a little over three years old. If you could, just give us a, a quick history about how the church here at Arise came to be. Sure. My family and I moved back here to Houston, which is my hometown. Moved back here in the fall of 2016 and began looking for a meeting location, began working to develop a team, which... Uh, it was very small in those early days, and we began to meet and to discuss what this church would look like and all of those things. We had our first official launch Sunday on Easter Sunday of 2017. I believe that was April 17th, 2017, and uh, that was a start. We had 30 people there that Sunday, and we have seen God continue to grow and bless the church since. And so here we are now, three years and four months later, <laughs> and uh, have just uh, been, now we're involved in another hurricane outreach. Uh, hurricane Harvey hit soon after we started, so that was definitely a way that we cut our teeth in ministry uh, with our church, and now involved in Hurricane Laura outreach and ministry and relief work. So we're thankful for all that God has done, whether it's through hurricanes or uh, this year COVID-19 or through anything else that has come our way, but the Lord continues to build His church. Amen. And so we've, so we've taken some time, and we really want to focus a little bit and just kind of fine-tune this in on discipleship and what that looks like here at Arise. So can you just tell us, as you were planning the church, so we know it's a little bit different since you, know, you got to start and, and kind of create the culture that's here, but why did you think it was so important to create a disciple-making culture here at Arise? So prior to coming and planting the church, uh, I had been involved in two different ministries as an assistant in both places and working with teenagers, uh, working with uh, adults some, and, and uh, just different folks along the way. Uh, we were very thankful to see people come to Christ and, and see God uh, build His church in those places. But one of the things that I was really challenged about is the importance of seeing a church grow and be sustainable. Often a church is dependent on a particular program or sometimes very dependent on a particular pastor or uh, something that is unique to that ministry. Maybe they have a great music program. Maybe they have uh, a great Christian school. Maybe they have uh, some other wonderful outreach ministry. Maybe it was a bus ministry or things. And churches have been dependent upon those types of programs to bring people in, to see the church grow and, and be sustained uh, with people and financially and all of those things. But the more I studied God's Word, the more I realized uh, a very fundamental truth, which I'm sure we all know that it's Jesus Christ who builds His church. And so if a church is to grow and be healthy and be sustainable and even reproducing, we need to 
as pastors and as church leaders, as Christians, be developing churches that are dependent upon Christ for their growth and to sustain them. And in order to do that, that means helping believers to first come to a knowledge of Christ and then trust in Him by faith to be saved, but then to be developed, taught, to grow spiritually to the place that they can then reproduce themselves in someone else's life. And we see that example with Paul and Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 where he talks about you know, the same things that you've heard of from me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And we just see that spiritual generation, generational process taking place. And so we wanted to see that develop in a church and we wanted to see that uh, be very intentional and a process that we could be a part of that would uh, see that take place. And so from the beginning, uh, my wife and I really kind of were the first ones here. Uh, we began to invest in the people that God brought across our path uh, to lead them to Christ, but then to try to disciple them, to teach them, and then to help them continue to grow. So it wasn't just, all right, let's teach them for six weeks or eight weeks or get them through kind of the new believers Bible study and then get them into church and in Sunday school and, and just be faithful and then hopefully we'll reach some other people, but rather just to continue to hold their hand, continue to help them grow. And over time, just like a parent is letting out the, the apron strings or letting their <laughs> child have a little more room, helping them then reach somebody else and helping that person grow. And uh, while that may seem a little bit nebulous to talk about or even redundant in the fact some people would say well isn't that what every church does I think the reality is in most of our churches while that may be the desire that's not the reality of what really takes place um, instead we see churches where the goal is just to bring more people in every year than leave the church every year and as long as we have a positive growth we're doing well and we'll do whatever means necessary to bring people in and uh, hopefully Enough people won't get mad at us and leave in the meantime. <laughs> but I also think in any typical church, if you sort of look backwards through the history of the church, you can tend to find quite a few spiritual casualties along the way. People who maybe profess Christ but have sort of fallen by the wayside. Others who profess Christ and then struggled with some particular sin, or maybe they brought some baggage with them even prior to being in the church or even in Christ and because of some addiction or struggle or issue or disagreement they don't fit in with the rest of the church or they are seen as just unredeemable in some case mm. even though we might not say that out loud that's how we <laughs> live and, yeah. and they just kind of get pushed to the side and, and, uh, and too much carnage is seen when you look back in a lot of church histories and to me that goes exactly opposite of the way that Christ taught and the way that I believe that the church should exist. Now that's not to say that every person who professes Christ truly professed Christ and will remain faithful. Uh, obviously that's a work of God that's done in their heart and that's something that for them to not fall away or to backslide or to struggle, they have to continue to grow. But we as believers and as the body of Christ, more importantly, have a responsibility that God gave to us in the Great Commission 
to help these folks to grow and to develop and to not just grow themselves, but then reproduce themselves in somebody yeah. else. So we talk about uh, we talk about Second Timothy two two, and I mean that's one of one of my favorite passages. Um, we talk about people are getting saved and then growing and then going out and reaching others for Christ and seeing them grow. And obviously that's the goal. I think sometimes we look at that and say, man, that just sounds really idyllic right, for the church. Um, so as, as a pastor, how have you seen that process fleshed out here practically at, at Arise? Well, I could tell you lots of stories already in the last three years of people that God has uh, saved that we've had the opportunity to lead to the Lord, who are growing in the Lord, and now they have been a part of leading other people to the Lord, and not just seeing salvation or conversions, but people then growing and uh, beginning to see them reproduce as well. And so practically, that's required a lot of time. Uh, It means for us a lot of individualized attention, whether it's one-on-one or Um, my wife and I with another couple, or now we have other individuals and couples involved with this as well. But making sure that everybody has somebody who is spiritually responsible for them. So for us, we've taken something, and and Pastor Tim may have talked about this last week as well, that idea of win one, lead one, follow one, take one. That based on the Great Commission, everybody has a responsibility to at least win one to Christ. Mm. Now, we know we would like to reach the whole world. That's what the command is. Absolutely. But if each of us would be faithful to begin by reaching one, we're at least taking the first step in that obedience. Um, and, and based also on the Great Commission, then the Great Commission isn't just about evangelism. It's about making disciples. And so that's where that idea of helping to lead one in their spiritual growth process. So we want every person in our church, and we're constantly talking about this, we work very uh, actively to assign people to each other if they don't have somebody already. Obviously, if they come and say, hey, this is somebody that I'm wanting to lead, go ahead, we're ready to have them go. Uh, But we want everybody to have somebody that they're leading in spiritual growth. And we equip them with training, with uh, materials, uh, with times during the, even during the services to do that, before services, after services. Uh, we've made the building available throughout the week. I've had people come up here on pretty much every night of the week doing uh, these types of Bible studies and, and encouragement. Sometimes people meet in their own homes. They'll meet in coffee shops and other places. So really equipping your people, which goes back to Ephesians 4, right, of equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. But finding ways to equip them, to give them the time, materials, training, whatever it is that they need to help lead somebody spiritually. But as you're leading somebody, we also need somebody that we're following. And that goes back to that Paul-Timothy relationship. And just like Timothy was to teach others also or, or find some faithful men who could then teach others also, Timothy also had a Paul. And so we believe everybody needs a Paul and everybody needs a Timothy. And if you only have Timothys and you don't have any Pauls, eventually the, the Timothys um, who don't have Pauls are going to get tired. And they're going to need, they need that spiritual encouragement and accountability. And so, again, that's that idea of following one and then taking one. That's just us talking about every Christian having that responsibility to continue to take the next spiritual step in their life. That none of us have arrived. 
just because I'm the pastor doesn't mean I'm I'm the top dog here. Um, Jesus Christ is the head. He's yeah. the top. And we are all here to follow him. And so everything in this church doesn't flow out of me. Everything here ought to flow out of Jesus Christ yeah, and be right. connected to him. And so I have to be in this as well. I have to have other men that are helping to lead me spiritually. And I'm thankful for some men in our church that encourage me that way, and even some men outside of our church as well. But we're very specific in this. We need to know who that person is, not just, well, you know, maybe somebody sometime calls me and encourages me. But there is a process that we are intentional about this. And uh, so I guess in very general terms, that's some of the ways that we are fleshing that out here at our church um, as we give people materials, as we make time for them to do it, as we emphasize it, celebrate it, you know, give testimonies about it, uh, talk about it, and uh, equip people to make disciples and do the work of ministry. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. And let me just ask you too, what, what do you think? So we're three years, three, a little over three years into this, into this process. And um, God is blessed. The, the church is growing. We're excited to see what God is doing here. Um, as you look out currently, I mean, obviously we're coming through this difficult situation with COVID. Looking out into the future, what, what do you think are some of, the, some of the challenges that are coming in regards to this disciple-making process in the local church? Well, one of the big challenges we're, we've been talking about lately is the generational challenge. And what I mean by that is, just like I have children and I'm raising them, and every parent starts to feel a little bit nervous as their child hits teenage years and, and sort of asking those questions. Is my child gonna be able to <laughs> make it out of the house? You know, are they gonna be, am I giving them enough? Am I teaching them? How are they going to function as adults? My parents were worried that I was ever going to make it out of junior high. Right, so, yeah, exactly. I, we can sympathize. And I think <laughs> spiritually, we are looking at some of those same challenges here in our church, where God has given us some spiritually mature people who are very committed to and involved in this disciple-making process. And as they've been faithful to that over the last two, three years, we are starting to see lots of spiritual babies that are now developing into, we'll call them spiritual teenagers. And if you follow that 2 Timothy 2.2 process, not only did Paul have his Timothy, Timothy had his faithful men, but then those faithful men, let's call them the spiritual teenagers, had to get to the place where they could then teach others also. And by extension, we know that should just carry on and on and on. But we are definitely, as I look across our church, at that stage where we have some spiritual teenagers now. And we're starting to see even some more spiritual babies come out after that. But it takes a lot of time to help those spiritual teenagers, we'll call them, or those third generation uh, people in our church, to get them to the place that now, now instead of just being the, let's say, spiritual teenager, the faithful man, now they're to Timothy level, so that then that generational um, reproduction continues to take place. I hope that makes sense. But yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that's just a big challenge, because otherwise this stalls out, because I can only physically do so much disciple making myself, as far yeah. as with the number of people that I can personally meet with and talk to and, and teach and train. But if I 
invest in them and continue to invest in them so that then they can turn around and invest in someone else and, and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Then we can see that process continue to grow even exponentially as it goes forward. And so I think for me, that's, if you want to call it a challenge, that's the biggest challenge. And it is a real challenge, but it's also a great opportunity yeah. because, you know, as you look across the landscape of our church, as you think about the people that are here, uh, I mean, if we are faithful to do these things and we know God's going to be faithful to continue to do his work, I think we can literally see in the next three to four years just an explosion of growth in our church um, and, Lord willing, more people out even starting other churches in town and other places as our church, you know, just continues to reach forward to fulfill that Acts 1-8 challenge, right, of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part, Judea and the uttermost parts of the world. And so I'm really excited to see where the Lord takes it, but we must be faithful in the process. We can't just say, well, we got, you know, we've led some people to Christ and we kind of got them going. Now let's go lead some more people to Christ, kind of get them going, or else we end up with a church full of just those spiritual teenagers who aren't really ready to reproduce. Yeah. And we've got to get them to where they're now reproducing themselves spiritually. And, and that's just going to be the ongoing process till Jesus comes back. That's it. Awesome. Thank you. Um, let me ask you, let me ask you one more question. So um, if there's somebody from our church here at Arise that's listening, or just somebody that's listening from uh, maybe another church around the country and they say, Hey, this, this sounds awesome. And we want to get plugged into this disciple-making life, this disciple-making. I mean, obviously here at Arise, uh, disciple-making is the clothesline that we hang all of our all of our programs on, all of our activities on. That's what we want to focus on. That's what we believe is the primary ministry of our church. So if there's somebody that says, I'm not doing this right now, and I want to get plugged in, I want to get involved, where would you encourage them? How would you encourage them to get started? Well, I've heard a lot of people, even over the last few years, who have seen what we're doing here and if they were part of our church, you know, it's very easy to get involved in that process. You can come talk to me about that or one of our other pastors, and we'd be more than happy to get you plugged into this process. But for many who have talked to me about this, it's been somebody who was living in another state or far away or said, you know, I'm part of another church, and I don't feel like we really understand this or do this, and I wish we could have that, but we just don't. And I would say instead of being just discouraged or throwing your hands up in the air and say, well, it sounds good, but that would never happen here. I would challenge each and every person to go back to the Great Commission and read it for yourself and realize that in any place, any time period, with any level of resources, you, even by yourself, can be a faithful disciple maker. Amen. And yes, we want every church to function as a whole body in doing this. I think that's how God designed it. I think that's the way it functions best. But even by yourself, whether it's your neighbor, your coworker, your teenage son or daughter, your um, sister, your brother, even a parent, whatever, you can make disciples. And it can be as simple as just opening God's word and committing to study with somebody else and praying with them for unsaved family and friends and then actively engaging with those people with the purpose of sharing Christ with them and, 
as God saves people, as you lead people to the Lord, then taking them and teaching them and staying with them through the challenges, through the questions, working through the stuff. And that'll push you too. I think a lot of people struggle with the idea of disciple making because they've never been discipled themselves. And uh, I would also say to you, well, if you've never been discipled, get into God's word. It's there to help you as well. And if you can find someone else who can answer your questions and study God's word with you, fantastic. And if you can't, that's okay. Ask God. His Holy Spirit, as a believer, still works in you to help you to understand truth. And it is a lot of work to do it alone. But it's something you can start even by yourself and as you begin to look for others to help them to grow spiritually. And so I would just challenge everybody to consider God's command to make disciples and realize that that command is for each and every one of us. And so I can't make excuses and say, well, my pastor doesn't think like this or I never had somebody to disciple me or, you know, I'm just not sure I really know enough about the Bible to do this. Um, This is something we all have a responsibility to do and we must uh, engage in this and endeavor to do whatever we can with the Lord's help ultimately to be faithful disciple makers for his glory. Amen. Um, Let me just go ahead. uh, One final question. We'll transition out of the disciple making a little bit. And you mentioned earlier that right now we are doing some stuff with Hurricane Laura relief. Um, Would you be willing to just talk for a minute or two about what we're doing? And if there's somebody that's listening that says, hey, uh, we, we know it's not getting a lot of national publicity right now because uh, it didn't it rolled it rolled right in between Houston and New Orleans, so it's not getting a lot of national publicity. But can you just share with people who might want to help who are listening uh, what we're doing and how they can get involved in that hurricane relief effort? Yes, so we have been in contact with several different pastors in the hardest hit areas, and we are working through them to help minister to their members and uh, to folks in their community. We've been connected with some organizations that are sending in food and water, other supplies. And so really there's a need for just willing hands, volunteers to come and serve and give out food and water to pray with people, to share the gospel. We definitely need roofers, people that can come and help put roofs on church buildings or people's homes. Um, There will be people that we need people to help with cleanup, you know, removing debris, trees, limbs, all of that kind of stuff. And we need financial help too. There's a big expense of transporting all the people back and forth, you know, shipping, buying and shipping all this food in, uh, buying materials, helping these folks. And so if you want to give financially, you can go to our church website. We have a special fund set up for hurricane relief. And you can find that through our online giving at our church website, arisebaptist.org. And um, if you would like to volunteer to go, you can contact us here at the church. um, And we would love to connect you with a team that's going over there to serve. And um, anything that you can do will be a blessing. I believe this is a tremendous gospel opportunity when people are hurting, when people realize that they have needs and they don't have the answers, this is a wonderful time to introduce Christ. And uh, somebody said, you know, you can't get somebody saved until they first realize that they're lost. And so this is a time when people understand that at least physically 
they're lost. And often that physical struggle translates into a spiritual one as well. And they understand that they need something. And being able to introduce Christ to them is just a wonderful opportunity and privilege. Amen. We did have a chance uh, this last Monday. Uh, we took a survey trip over to Louisiana. Um, there are a few pictures of that online at our church Facebook page if you're interested in going through and taking a quick, a quick look at that. Well, Pastor Will, thank you again for taking the time out to join us today. Um, thank you for sharing um, just a little bit about what we're doing here at Arise. I'd encourage you to join us again next week. Um, we're going to have one of the members of our church who is actively engaged in this disciple-making process, both as somebody who is being discipled and somebody who is going out and discipling others. They're going to join us and share a little bit about that experience, what that looks like on the ground floor of this disciple-making process. So I hope that you'll be back with us and, and join us for that. And as always, if there's anything that we can do to help you, uh, if, if we can help you take that next spiritual step in your walk with Jesus, we hope that you'll reach out to us here at Arise Baptist Church. You can email us at info at arisebaptistchurch.org or connect with us on Facebook, and we would love to help you take that next spiritual step. Thank you so much, and God bless.